It's the Wex Appeal Podcast. Barbells, beats, and buffoonery. Three, two, one, go! Here we go. Dope conversations. Damn, that's my Genghis Khan. Where fitness, pop culture, and a lot of random buffoonery collide. I'm coming for you. It's ridiculous, really. Hashtag space work. But the music. Wax, you, you laugh least at me, so you get to go next. <laughs> Here's your host, Wax. I was going to say I blacked out during the explanation. <laughs> I just heard space work. And it is time for another Wax Appeal podcast, Barbells, Beats, and Buffoonery. And uh, we got a great episode for you today. And we got a lot of great episodes on the horizon. A lot of talks going on in the background as far as people that I'm talking to for guests that will potentially be on the show. And I am very excited um, to bring those guests to you. I can't announce all of them yet, but I know that we will have the CEO of CrossFit. That's right. Mr. Don Fall himself back on the show um, in a long form. Uh, we had the Wadapalooza episode, which was great and fantastic. But he was it was cool because when I went to the CrossFit Games this year, I drove up and um, drove 19... 19- 20 hours. I slept a couple hours at a rest stops and drove straight through. And when I got to Madison, Wisconsin, uh, it was too early for my hotel to check in. So I just went straight to the venue. I'm like, I'll check in as a volunteer and, and do all that, all that stuff. And the actual first person that I ran into, first person I saw right out of the car, walked around the corner and there's Don Fall. And uh, he, he welcomed me. He was like, Hey, great to see you. Glad you're here in Madison. And we just, we, just cut up and and chatted and had a great time and it was a little short interaction but it was really cool uh to see you know he's the ceo of of crossfit and you know he knew exactly who i was remembered and and it it was just cool i had a little imposter complex with uh you know like people actually know who i am which i talked about on the instagram i did a whole story feed about about that but uh it's really kind of cool to see where the show is going and and see the people that it's impacting and touching, and uh, has a couple great interactions at the CrossFit Games. One of those being the guest that's on the show today, Mr. Adrian Bosman, or as people know him as Boz. From uh, he is the competition director for the CrossFit Games, so he's in charge of of programming, making sure that everything is running properly, and testing and all that sort of stuff. And of course, you know him as well as the team, along with Dave Castro, did, in my opinion, an amazing job. At the CrossFit Games this year, I thought it was fantastic. I thought it was well run. I thought it just was a great event. Full stop. I just thought it was awesome. So I thought they had a great year this year. And uh, he is on the show today, and I cannot wait to get that interview to you. We talk about, of course, CrossFit and that sort of thing. But we also talk a little bit about about his background, some of the things he's into, music. Uh, you're going to find out about some amazing bands today. Uh, go and check them out and uh, and look them up on Spotify and, you know, jam out. Jam out to the things that Adrian Bosman is uh, is jamming out to. Before we get into that, of course, as always, uh, we are about, we're about 90 days. No, it's a 90-day challenge. We are about, you know, 45, maybe 50 days into this 90-day challenge for Thunderbro. And uh, obviously, the show is sponsored by Thunderbro. We are partnered up with them with Dave Lipson, Camille LeBlanc Bazinet. If you haven't listened to um, an episode with uh, with Dave on this show, or if you go over to Make Wads Great Again and listen to the show that him and Camille both had um, on their show, Kettlebells and Cocktails, um, just an absolute great couple. 
I love them. They are fantastic. And Dave is walking me along in this process, giving me, you know, menu items to, uh, to, to plan my meals around, timing, supplements, you name it. He is basically walking me through the 90 day shred program. I'm down over 15 pounds already. And more so than even, you know, the, the weight on the scale, because that can be deceiving as the body composition is changing. Uh, I haven't shared any pictures online. Uh, one, I'm self-conscious and two, I want to kind of show it, you know, the, the whole deal as we, uh, as we get closer to the end and show you, you know, kind of what that transformation can look like. And that transformation can look like for you. That's right. You listening at home, go to thunderbro.com, T-H-U-N-D-R-B-R-O. There's no E in thunder. Thunderbro.com. Get signed up. You can do the 30-day challenge. You can do the 90-day challenge like I'm doing. Uh, You will see results. Guaranteed. Follow the program. You will see results. It's fantastic, and I highly recommend it. Uh, one of the things that Dave puts into my uh, in into my meal plans is strong coffee, which is good because they are also one of the sponsors of the show. Strong Coffee Company, my favorite uh, way to get my caf- my caffeine on, get my coffee on, is to get a great cup of strong coffee. It has the collagen protein. It has neurofactor for for brain health, which <laughs> I'm over forty. I need all the help I can get. It has collagen protein. It has uh, MCT oil. All the things to help you look and feel your best, feel better without the crash. They just released a brand new flavor called um, hazelnut mocha. I absolutely love it. My wife loves it as well. Great new flavor. I definitely picked up a bag to try it out, and I will be getting more for sure. And because you're listening to this show, and if you want to get it at a discount, like everybody does, go to strongcoffeecompany.com and use the code WEXAPPEAL, W-E-X-A-P-P-E-A-L, WEXAPPEAL, all caps, for 15% off your order. I think I've said $15 in the past, but it's 15% off your order. Uh, we kind of changed up the, the, the promo. So you get 15% off your order. So the more you buy, the more you save. Get all the flavors. You won't be disappointed. You'll love it just like I do. And it's cheaper than going to uh, Starbucks. And you shouldn't go there anyways because it's evil. Listen to the podcast. You'll know. (laughs) And uh, last but not least, definitely got to shout out Blackout Barbell, one of my favorite apparel companies. I love their shirts. I love their shorts. Their gear is phenomenal. Blackoutbarbell.shop. You can go and get all the best apparel. Get yourself a hat. Deck yourself out with it. It's very comfortable in the gym. I like a little bit shorter uh, shorts. Get those leg gains. Get the leg pump in. Show the work. And uh, they've got some great shorts for guys. Ladies, you as well. A lot of great things for uh, for you in there as well. My wife loves their shirts and designs. And uh, they just got great gear. And I highly recommend it. Get over to blackoutbarbell.shop. Use the promo code WEXAPPEAL to get 10% off your order and a special gift from the WEXAPPEAL podcast as a thanks for supporting those who support the show. Thank you for supporting the show and listening. And uh, without further ado, let's get to the episode. I was going to release it yesterday, but it being September 11th, I wanted to make the focus of the day that day, 9-11, which is a day that I will never forget where I was and what I was doing. And I think if you were alive at that time, you 
probably feel the same way that I do um, about the importance of that day. I got to go to New York. I got to go to the memorial. And, man, it is just a life-changing and heavy experience, as was that day. And uh, I highly recommend if you ever go to New York um, to go check it out. I did it, but I did it by myself, and that's kind of the way that I wanted it to be, so I could just kind of sit and reflect. But that was yesterday, um, you know, so I'm releasing it today, September 12th, where hopefully we all remember to be kind to each other and and love one another and, you know, help your, your fellow man and put all the drama behind you and uh, just do better, be better, be better humans. But without further ado, let's get to the episode. My guest, Adrian Bosman. You know him, you love him. He is the competition director for the CrossFit Games. You've seen him in Roe versus Boz. Uh, you've seen him all over the competition floor as a head judge, as a trainer. The guy knows CrossFit in and out. We talk about all things CrossFit, but we also talk about music, his likes, dislikes, and things that he is into. Get out your pen and paper, pull up your Spotify, look up some of the bands we talk about. They are fantastic. I've been listening to them all week. So... I hope that you enjoy it. Check it out. My guest today, Adrian Bosman. Yeah. Welcome to the show. Good morning. It's uh, it's it's an earlier morning than uh, than we normally record. You're super early over there. Um, you're no, central it's time. not super super well, early. It's eight thirty in the morning. Come on. Yeah. I mean, I get up at eight. I get up at five a.m. every morning. So really, <laughs> yeah. Well, so just why? Uh, you got to get stuff done, man. I uh, okay. you know, yeah. you got to get the work in. Good. Re- it's a good reason. Absolutely. My guest today is the competition director of CrossFit, Mr. Adrian Bosman. Welcome to the show, sir. How are you doing? I am well. Um, you know, I got up super early for many, many years of my life when I was doing a lot more active coaching and stuff like that. And uh, now that I don't have to get up that early, I, I choose not to. Yeah. Well, it's not like I'm sleeping in every day, but I, I, no, I also, I'm not getting up at five. <laughs> I also have kids. So you got to, yeah, you okay. know, you kind of got to play with it where you can i've got four kids so they tend to not oh that's awesome even even when you do get to sleep in they don't let you sleep in yeah (laughs) 6 a.m ready to go um so 5 a.m is the only time i get like a little bit of me time get up do my thing get my routine going and you know get get the whole day started yeah and that also means early to bed too so (laughs) try and try and get done and, and get out of get out of all the daily routine stuff and then yeah. go to bed go to bed early so that we can start the day on a good note. How old are your kids? Uh 14, 10, 6 and 3. Oh wow, you got that's quite the range. That's I got awesome. the spread. I got the spread. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, my 14-year-old uh she is big into horses and like if if she could live on a farm and and do all that, that would be what she would do 24/7. And then there's my 10-year-old who's the CrossFit junkie. Uh, oh, right gym, on. gymnastics. She does gymnastics, CrossFit. She's big into WWE, and she's a she's a little diva. And uh, and then the boys, the the, the boys are, are coming along, play baseball and stuff like that. So, man, we that's keep, so cool. We keep it busy. We keep it active. Yeah, yeah. So. yeah and you have time to do this too. I mean, man, <sighs> good for you. Some I have some time, yeah. so I so I jump in when I can. But uh, man, how have you been? How is you know kind of the come down from this past month? been for you we're we're a day away from september so we're we're almost a full month removed uh you know from the games but uh how, how have you been recovering and and kind of getting back to life um i've been good you know the first week after the games is pretty low speed didn't really do much didn't didn't talk to many people uh just kind of kept to myself which is great it's just hanging out with my wife which is nice 
Awesome. And yeah. And um, then we kind of right back into it. I mean, I think as everybody knows, we're going to be um, changing venues this year. So a lot of work going in behind the scenes on that to finalize some things. Um, so, you know, this year we kind of got right back into it in some ways. Um, maybe not the full steam kind of uh, all in type of um, pre-games planning that that has to be that kind of hectic but uh yeah we're kind of right back into it and i got a little bit of time coming up in september my birthday is this month so i'm taking a little time uh at the end of the month and so i'm just trying to get my ducks in a row until then it's it's hard to believe it's only been a month since the games it feels like oh, so yeah. much has happened <laughs> so like it really does it feels like that was so far in the in the rear view at it this does point. It, it does it's it's crazy kind of everything that's gone on since then for, you know, even just for me, I mean, for you, obviously you have the whole, you know, the whole games and everything that you're doing with the team. Um, and I know Dave kind of alluded to it um, in the search for Madison. Is it kind of the same? Was it where basically they came off the last year in Carson and a week into it, there he got the phone call of, he said in the press conference, he got the phone call of like, Hey, we need to go search these locations. And he's like, I don't want to. <laughs> just, I just, I just, I don't want to go and do anything related to the games right now. And then a week, you know, a week later, he's touring Madison, and he said Chattanooga and and a couple different places. Is that kind of how this process is going? No, I mean this year we had a little bit more lead time than the last time that we moved in um, in uh, 2016, moving into 2017. So you know, we already had a few places in mind, and and uh, you know that sort of thing. So it, it's. More so, you just have to dot the I's and cross the T's and, um, yeah, go through the process. It's just, it just takes time to get everything lined up to the point that you're like, yes, it's final, and now we can announce. And, uh, and to be honest, like, I don't want to talk too much about that because yeah. we get, uh, you know, in these conversations where it's like I can't really talk about anything, and then, you, like, I'm put in a position to kind of dance around it, and I'm like, I hate having to do that. So I wasn't going to ask you. I wasn't going to ask you where. No, I know, but even, <laughs> I know that's even the like things around the process right and stuff like that, it's like, yeah, it, it just, it's just weird to be in a spot where you're like, hey, it's not because I don't want to be talking about it. It's because I can't yet, yeah, and because we're not final. You know, we're 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 getting close, and so CrossFit Games fans, um, you know, you guys can expect some news coming up in the next short term here. Um, yeah, and then everybody will know, and it'll be great. I like it, which was which was yeah. actually it's funny because around the time of um, Wadapalooza, I interviewed Don Fall, and it's kind of the oh, same awesome. thing because Birmingham wasn't like locked. Yeah, yeah, and it, and he was like, "Well, you're gonna know something in the next couple of weeks." Well, and yeah, and, and and that's a great example, right? Is that everybody ran with, "Oh, you're going to Birmingham," and we're like, "No, we haven't decided yet, <laughs> and we haven't announced anything publicly yet." But yeah. the perception is already out there, and. And then people are just taking it as fact. And that's a very difficult thing when they're confronted with the reality, which is, oh, actually, that's not the plan. And yeah. here's the real plan. Now it's a big thing. It's like, well, this was only a reality that was constructed by people that bought into it early and then um, ran with it. You know what I mean? So trying to avoid that type of situation. Yeah. I, I mean, I would rather have a definite answer. Than, yeah. specul than speculate on, <laughs> exactly yeah you yeah. know on, on when yeah. and where and all that sort of stuff but now, but i will say like hey we're stoked it's gonna be awesome you know there's there's already tons of ideas that we're generating around um the potential so yeah it's i i'm very excited all that cool. said that was kind of gonna kind of be one of my questions as far as like programming on that side of it um you know madison had so much of a you know of that city that you could kind of play with and I don't know, you know, how 
early your I mean I'm sure you're already thinking about what what you want to do next for the you know the upcoming season for for you know semis and crossfit games and all that um but does some of that kind of bit put on hold until it's like okay when this is finalized now I know this is the playground I get to play in and now I get to like do something with this but for the most part we're just going to program like right down the center to to go anywhere yeah I mean I think that anytime I guess the way I approach it is like you always want to have your ideal state as the goal. And so regardless of the canvas you have or the creative process that you're doing, like, yeah, you should aim for the the highest expression of that thing. And then there's going to be the real world constraints that come in and mold it anyway. And so if you start with those kind of limitations, I think sometimes it can be, um, it can diminish the final thing. Uh, so in my opinion, you might as well start with like, all right, let's, let's look at the big, bad, hairy, what can we do? Uh, with with all the potential in the world. And then, you know, by nature of going through the process of staffing it and putting a schedule around it and trying to show it on TV and all these types of things, it's going to change anyway. And so um, you might as well start there. So yes, to answer the question, yeah, uh, you know, big picture first. And then we start looking at the, the, the structure that we have around that. Yeah. Well, and even with that, you know, we did, we got into year five before we got to like really explore Madison with the capital, you know? Yeah. Well, I'll push back on that a little bit. I mean, I think every year we were in Madison, we were on the lakes. I mean, we had, uh, you know, that 21, we, dude, I mean that, I think that's still one of the uh, longest distances that we've covered in CrossFit Games history was that, uh, that event that they paddled all the way across the lake. Um, I mean, that's pretty significant to start on one side, have that, I think it was like three miles or three K across the lake. Um, you know, that kind of harkens back to the, the old Pendleton days in the the early Carson days where, I mean, that, that probably was the longest, uh, distance that we've ever covered, but I think 2021 was pretty close. Um, so anyway, all that to say, like, I think we did, we, we used Madison and the, the surrounding city, uh, as much as we could uh, yeah. while we were there. I just, I just meant as kind of that, that crescendo, like that sure. Madison, yeah. like, man, there's that moment. Like everybody remembers the moment of the, uh, you know, of the Capitol and, and all yeah. that, you know, yeah. not so much that we didn't use Madison because Madison has been great. I've got to be there. Absolutely. Five out of the six years. I missed. Oh, that's I, great. Yeah. Oh, I cool. wasn't there. I wasn't there in 2017. Uh, started okay. volunteering in 18. Yeah. Um, obviously, you know, 2020 miss. And then you, you timed it perfectly then because, you know, <laughs> first year you can kind of be getting your feet under you. And then once you kind of know the ins and outs and tricks of the venue, then that second year can really, uh, <laughs> really yeah. smooth things out. So you timed it perfectly. Yeah. I, and I'm looking forward at, listen, wherever, wherever the games goes, I'm looking forward to it because I, you know, I know the product that you guys put out. Um, and it was yeah, right on this year was fantastic. Um, kudos yeah. to you and the whole entire Thank team. You. Um, if I didn't say that on site, want to of course say that I publicly that. um i thought this year was probably one of the best years that i've ever experienced not oh, only as a not only as a volunteer but also as a as part of the press and spectating and, and kind of doing all that it was it was just incredible yeah cool what what stood out to you about it like i'm always curious when people are like oh and because i i don't know man i um I, I i've been involved in the games for a long time and i i think every year has so many cool moments to it uh and then on the other side of that like the critical work aspect the there's so many things we're like, okay, well, we could have done that a little differently, or maybe this could be pushed in this direction. Um, and so I'm always curious, you know, we, I think we do a pretty good job of taking critique. Um, and, you know, internally, we have a lot of feedback that we pass around our teams and stuff like that. Um, 
I'm always curious though when people are like, oh, I really loved it. I'm like, oh, let's be specific so that we can try to do that again. You know? Yeah. <laughs> in in all honesty, when it came to the the programming this year, it felt like it felt like the and and I know the emphasis is always on the athletes performing. Okay. But I I think you know in the past couple of years it's it's come down to oh well this event you know if if this or that and and we're talking more about the event than we are about the athletes and what they're doing. And I felt like this year, I think, showcased the ability to do new things and different things, but in such a way where that wasn't the story. Mm. Um, you know, yeah. and and love or hate, I didn't mind the crossovers. <laughs> but, but you know, people, you know, we're talking about it as a point of contention of, oh, this and that, and it was this, and OT oh, a tripped on a single under. And I'm like, these are all things that they should be able to do. Mm-hmm. But they're talking about the event and not talking about the performances. And this was a very, to me, the performance of of yeah. the athletes and the showcase of what they can do. Um, and nothing was, I hate the word gimmicky because I don't think anything last year was sure. a gimmick yeah. either. But people refer to things as being gimmicky. And I, and I liked the fact that this was, you know, something that everybody could look at, everybody could understand what was going on. And it was just like, wow, this is just an incredible show. Uh, so I thought that was done uh, almost better than I've ever seen it this year, uh, just the way that everything kind of went together. And I don't know the behind the scenes of what made all that happen, <laughs> you know, yeah. um, but it just it felt awesome to be able to just focus on the performance. And, yeah, you know, it sucked that there were injuries and things like that that kind of, yeah, of course, you know, took away from it. But in looking at that event, I can't say that you know, there was anything to do with the programming. It's just a fluke injury that happened. You know, mm-hmm. it, it just, it's, it's something that happens in any sport. You don't want to see injury, but you know, as, as safe as you can be, it's going to happen. So I think that was the biggest takeaway for me is that, man, it was, it was a show. It was something that we could really get behind and push and show the athletes more than, you know, nitpick about a program or nitpick about a, a, and a, uh, you know, an item or, or something that people were using. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. I, I appreciate that. And I, I'm glad that that came through. I mean, that is, in my opinion, such an important thing uh, to be able to showcase the range that these athletes have. I mean, they, you know, they, they have all worked so hard to get to that stage, uh, especially in the modern CrossFit Games era. I mean, just qualifying to a semifinal competition is pretty ridiculous. I mean, that'll be the fittest people that most people ever encounter. Uh, mm-hmm. are, are semifinalists and then to take it that next step and be the cut above that actually get to the games yeah it's, it's good that we can showcase what breadth they have developed so i'm glad that that came through that's that's good yeah and and i loved you know kind of the way the cuts were too it wasn't it didn't feel aggressive Mm-hmm. It felt fair. It felt like everyone got tested, you know, yeah. w- you know, would in a perfect world, would we love to see everybody compete? Of course, but time and money and, and airtime and, and all those things have yep, to be sure. taken into account. You have to be smart about it. And yeah. I think, I, I, I think it, it, it filtered, it filtered the right way to me anyways. Yeah. I think the, uh, the cuts discussion is always going to be one of those things where people are going to have their opinions one way or the other. And that's fine. Like I'm not here to convince them either way, frankly, uh, but I think our job is to just be as early as we can in announcing those cuts. And I think in the past we've done, you know, I think this year and last year we've been better about getting earlier uh, information out there to the to the athletes about that cut schedule. Uh, in the past, I mean, there's been some pretty aggressive um, 
surprise, yeah. <laughs> there's going to be cuts <laughs> type of situations. And I get it. Like, that's really hard uh, as an athlete that's been prepping all year to uh, to be hit with something like that. So, you know, regardless of what we do in the future, I think the job for us is to can you continue to try to be earlier with announcing these types of things and just being totally transparent with the athletes about what they can expect. Yeah. At least insofar as that, you know, there's always going to be some CrossFit games uh, surprises. That's part of the deal. But but some of those kind of more routine, just competition schedule type aspects. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just getting them out there early. I think that mitigates a lot of it, you know, and regardless of where you fall, pro cuts, anti cuts, you know, wherever. Um, if that's out there earlier, I think it's more palatable either way. Yeah. And let's be honest at the end of the day, you know, unless you are like a super, you know, a, a super nerd when it comes to the stats, you don't mm -hmm. necessarily remember who the top 10 was or even the top 20, definitely not the 30 or 40, you know, you yeah. remember those top performances, you remember the, you know, the, the podium finishers and things like that. Um, not to take away from anything that anybody's done, Yeah, yeah. but you know, at the end of the day, when you're tracking sports, nobody's looking at the bottom of the standings and yeah. that's what people are nitpicking about. So, yeah. And you know, I think there is a valid argument in there about, well, you have to have enough breadth before you start implementing cuts. Sure. I totally mm -hmm. accept that. Um, but what I don't like as much as an argument, I kind of reject it is when somebody says, Oh, well, if this test was here, this person would have, and you're like, well, you're arguing the bottom of the heap at this point. And again, I mean, these are phenomenal athletes, no slight against them. They're all phenomenal. I think we can take that as uh, just an accepted. But at the end of the day, it's like, man, if you have six, seven opportunities and you can't make it past that first cut, I don't think it's the order of the tests at that point. I think it's you weren't well-rounded enough to hang with that field. Yeah. And that's the way it is. That's that's just the way competition folds uh, uh, unfolds sometimes. Well, and I thought this year was balanced. You know, it, like there was nothing glaring that was like, oh, my gosh, they didn't test any of this. And then. Right they cut a whole bunch of people and now they're testing, you know, a different, yeah. <clears throat> a different skill set. So right. that's, that's where I feel like, you know, it was fair, it was balanced and, and definitely people get over the shock of, yeah, we're going to have cuts. Okay. But was it fair? Yes. It, mm -hmm. You know, yeah. again, did you get it? Did you get a good shake to, to make it to that next checkpoint? Absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's the goal. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, and man, there were people that didn't show up and, yeah, it's interesting, there right? You see that too. You see that too, where you have somebody who, man, by all accounts, they just tore it up at semis, or they're looking like they're unstoppable, and then um, for whatever reason, they, you know, that does, just doesn't come together on that weekend. And uh, it, like, I think that's something that's missed sometimes is just how human that all is. Uh, and I think that's where some of the more statistically minded people have a bit of a blind spot sometimes uh, because they have so much information that they think is bulletproof but you can't account for everything and at the end of the day that's why you run the race right i mean i say that all the time but i do think there's a very human element to that too where it's like sometimes there's an x factor and it just doesn't come together despite your best efforts despite the camp around you um i mean that's that's the nature of sport and there is a lot of pressure on these athletes i mean this is their one opportunity at at this year this season to really put it on the line and if it doesn't come together in that that weekend. I mean, that's a tough break, mm -hmm. um, but that is the reality sometimes. Yeah. And listen, that's why we watch. That's why we play the game, right? If it were just about, Hey, that person's going to win, just hand them the trophy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I think the other thing too, um, kind of getting back to this idea 
of just how ridiculous these athletes all are is when you get to that collection point where you have the top 40 men and women, <clears throat> excuse me, um, you know, that field and the depth of that field is very different than even a semifinal where you could have a standout performance and, you, you know, you're really looking like a world beater, but all of a sudden you're no longer the tallest tree in the forest. It's like you're among all of the other tall trees in the forest. It's a little bit of a different scenario. And um, so it's funny sometimes you see some people do some ridiculous feats of athleticism and yet, quote unquote, they're underperforming. You're like, no, no, they're not underperforming. They're just in a field <laughs> that is appropriately challenging for them. Yeah. And they're not always going to come out on top in that scenario. Well, and and it, it goes back to something I think Pat Sherwood used to say is that you have to be it's it's amazing how good you have to be just to suck yeah. at the CrossFit Games. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Yep. Um, and, and also, you know, looking back, you know, we kind of got into this spoiled state with Tia and Matt where it's like, oh, all these people are just not nearly as good as these two. And, and again, they, I mean, they are fantastic and phenomenal at what they do. But it's like you get into this thing where we don't have to have somebody pulling away by five, 600 points, right? Every, right. you know, every, <laughs> every single competition every year, we don't have to have a, you know, a, a, you know, three peat four, you know, we don't have to have repeat champions. I think it's fun when we have variety, when you have people coming up and showing that, you know, they are fit on all mm. different levels. Yeah. Keeps it exciting for sure. Yeah. So was, was there anything this year that um, <clears throat> any event that surprised you or, you know, maybe, you programmed it one way, but then you looked at it and you're like, huh, I didn't necessarily see it, how, you know, how it would play. I didn't really see it that it would play out that way. Um, anything that kind of, you know, you, you took away from it was like, oh, that was cool. That wasn't the intention, but cool how it turned out. Oh, that's uh let me think. Um, you know, my knee jerk is the women's ski bag. Uh, I was a little surprised at how many women time capped on that one. I thought that that would be a little bit of a faster race on the women's side. Um, so, you know, that one was, you know, maybe we could add it a minute to that time cap, but I, I don't think it was a, a bad result, just a little bit different than what we had experienced in testing. And I think, you know, what the athletes had been through coming into that one, mm -hmm. uh, they were definitely a little under, um, and understandably so, uh, you know, again, that's, that's the hardest thing to replicate when you are testing is that true competition intensity. It's, it's almost impossible to replicate that even when you have athletes that are chomping at the bit, it's just, just a different environment when you got a stadium full of people screaming for you. And there's actually like a whole year's training on the line. That's, that's very different environment than closed doors. Okay. Let's take a run at this. You yeah. Know? Um, so you can't always account for that. Um, anyway, so the, yeah, the ski bag women, I think was one, um, on the team side, actually the first team event, uh, you know, it was a bit of a repeat, um, for one of the events that got kind of rain, modified in 22 mm -hmm. and um yeah it was a little over programmed you know nobody finished it which at the end of the day it, it wasn't the end of the world um because at least it was consistent it just turned into an amrap for all teams but that is definitely something that um wasn't the intent there so that that's definitely a, a bit of a miss um at least when it's on paper I, I don't think it affected the competition you know still a totally appropriate event um, but as far as like intention versus reality, that, that was one that was a bit of a mismatch. Um, trying to think what else I'd have to, I'd have to comb through a little more. <laughs> sure. Um, you know, it's funny. We, I'll tell you where we got a little gun shy actually was with, uh, Helena 
um, you know, we had a 10 minute time cap originally and we're like, ah, man, it's on TV. Like it'd be great if everybody finishes, we should probably add a little buffer there to an 11 minute time cap. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's great. There's nothing wrong with having a little extra sure. buffer there, but it's funny that we didn't need it. You know, when push came to shove, it's like, okay, that was 10 was fine. Yeah. And, and I thought, and it was fantastic just being in the, in the, in the Coliseum watching that event. And I know, you know, being able to see all the different camera angles and everything that was going on with it, it was just such a fun event. That one was just fun. Yeah. Um, pivoting a little bit, you know, you, you, of course, we have, you know, everybody talks about the elites and everybody talks about the teams. Um, how much of a hand do you have in the, you know, the adaptive and age groups? Oh, tons. So, yeah, the, uh, programming for that was mostly my responsibility and i always say mostly because you know like it's always uh, a pretty big effort to filter that through uh various different people and make sure that we get it as as good as we can as bulletproof as we can mm -hmm. um, but yeah the original kind of drafting of all, all that was my responsibility um yeah so that was fun uh they, they were actually there were some faster uh, performances in that than, than I thought there would be. Um, the polling power one, I think, was a little faster. For It's interesting because there's a big spread on that one. Yeah. You had some people that just absolutely dusted it, and then a couple of people that would time cap in every heat as well. So that one, I think, was a real separator for, for some athletes. Um, I'm trying to think back what else in that competition. Um, I, I thought it was really cool to see Helen done with all of those age groups. Um, and just to see some of the times coming across, you know, it's always a fun game to play for some of us in the younger masters brackets to be like, could I keep up with the 60 and 65 plus champs? I don't think I could. <laughs> yeah. So, and I was watching, you know, I was, I got to, you know, see some of those events. I, I was volunteering most of the time during, during the masters and, and age groups or the age groups and adaptives. Um, so I only got to see a little bit of it, you know, at the end of the day, but, um, you know, going and seeing them just man it's just incredible just incredible the things that they're yeah. they're doing and i had to go and uh reset one of the fields um uh, for you know oh, I, right I, went on, yeah. I, okay. I was i was doing fan experience but they um they put me out on the gear for, for like one changeover and we had to go flip the pigs and pull the uh the jerry cans and i'm like good night these things are <laughs> these things are no joke um you know and yeah and, and i'm looking around i'm 43 so, you know, of course I'm looking around at, you know, the kind of same age and I'm like, this is just mm -hmm. a different breed. These are, this, oh, for this sure. is not the same. <laughs> no, they're, they're all absolute savages. It's so cool to, uh, to see them out there doing their thing. Um, yeah. And it's, it's fun. Um, yeah, the master's competition, I think is, uh, it's, it's really tricky in the sense that there is a lot to consider. I mean, obviously every age division, um, they're not all completely different like there are definitely kind of groupings that you can you can make mentally sure. but you know you ha you really have to try to comb through it as best you can for every division and make sure that you're making the right choices and uh, that's that takes a lot of work and a lot of attention and you know and to be fair like we don't always get it right there are definitely some times that you put something out there for a particular age group and it's like oh man that was a little too heavy or a little too light or or whatever so um, you know, some of the questions that have come to me, um, you know, I, I had a, you know, some episodes during the games with, you know, some people in the adaptive community. And of course the question of, you know, coverage and those sorts of things. Um, yeah. the, the conversation we actually had is it's a little bit of both, you know, you want better coverage, but you also have to show up. Like you have to show up, you have yep. to be there, you have to support, you know, so I don't, I don't throw the whole onus on CrossFit for, Hey, we need to give you this 
thing on a golden platter. And if nobody shows up, great. Um, so I'm kind of putting the onus on both. But what are some things that that you look at from, you know, even from this year, I know with, you know, kind of doing ESPN and kind of getting that whole deal together, there was kind of a time crunch with with announcing and 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 what was actually going to happen. What are some things looking forward that um, on the CrossFit side of it that you're bringing to the table for the adaptive and age group community to kind of come up a bit? Yeah, well, again, I don't, I don't want to get in a position where we're talking too much about the 24 season mm-hmm. because we're just not in a point that we're ready to, to you know, be final about that. Uh, but I think you nailed it. I think at the end of the day, it's really just about setting expectation early. I think we did a poor job of setting the expectation around, okay, this is how we're going to show the age groupers. And, uh, you know, admittedly, I think it was pretty disappointing for a lot of people. I, I get it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I think a lot of that is kind of couched in past expectation of, okay, this is what I've seen, you know, in another year, therefore I should expect exactly the same thing this year. And when that's a mismatch, yeah, that's pretty hard to stomach. So I, I get that. Um, so I think that's really what is one of the biggest aspects of our job is once we have a plan that we've thought through and we think is the most appropriate thing to do, it's getting that information out there and, and saying, okay, this is how we're going to do it. This is why we want to do it this way. Um, and, and then let that be known so that people don't come in with an expectation that is, you know, vastly different than what en- ends up happening. Um, and, and I agree with you. I do think that, um, you know, there is a lot of, uh, lip service around the age group divisions in, in particular, and they're a huge, huge, uh, portion of, of people that participate in the sport. And that's so awesome and, and such a cool thing to be able to support, you know, like that really is important. Yeah. Um, however, at the end of the day. It is also true that they're not really what people are there to watch. Um, and, and we see that time and time again, you know, even when we've had years that we've had, uh, you know, fully supported streaming of all of those age group categories. It's really unfortunate. You know, we hear, we hear a lot of people say this is so great, but we don't see a lot of people actually watch and tune in. Yeah. So there's a big mismatch there, unfortunately. Um, and, you know, I don't, I don't have the answer right now as to how to bridge that gap certainly would hope that we can do that but um yeah it is it is one of those kind of interesting phenomena where you have a lot of loud voices that are talking about this particular aspect of it but when you look at the actual participation rates as far as people viewing people showing up to to be at these competitions i mean there's a there's some great large masters competitions in the ecosystem and and again like their attendance yeah i mean they they do they do all right but it's not like they have people beating down the doors to get there yeah um unfortunately so i agree i think it's a two-way street like if people really want to support this stuff then awesome i'm all for it they should be there showing up and supporting that's that's absolutely great um and then on our side like i said we need to be early we need to be transparent about our plans and we just need to set that expectation so that people know what they can be watching yeah and one of the things that i'll just kind of throw out there um you know and this is it's everything, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, but in that communication yeah. process had, you know, maybe it been communicated earlier, somebody could have possibly stepped up and done like we did in Orlando. So I was part of that team in Orlando that, that broadcast, um, events one and three with, with Chase, oh, with, okay, cool. with Chase yeah. and Adrian. Um, yeah. so, you know, I was part of that team. So, you know, Hey, maybe put it in the hands of some of the creators and say, okay, sure. we'll go ahead and, you know, support you but you know here's kind of some tools to to help get the word out and, and get things shown yeah it's not going to be 
you know, as we, as we saw in Orlando, it's not going to be, you know, the normal broadcast everybody's used to, but you at least get to see something. Mm-hmm. Um, so just ideas that I, that I throw out. There. Yeah. And I think that's something we're, we're getting a lot more comfortable with. Um, you saw it this season, you know, we had, we had a couple of behind the scenes crews and kind of opened up to outside media in a way that we hadn't in, in quite some time. Um, which in my opinion is, is really healthy. I mean, I, this is not really my lane, so to speak. I, obviously I've got some influence there, but like, I don't work in media. I don't work in, you know, if you want to call it the marketing side of things, mm-hmm. that's not, that's not where my head is. Um, <laughs> and then, like I said, that's not that I don't have any influence there, but it's not my primary focus on that side though. I do think it is really healthy that, you know, there's a lot of people out there that are doing a lot of great work and have a lot of reach. Why wouldn't we want them, um, you know, included in what we're doing. So I, I agree with you on that, on that front. I love it. I love it. Well, I'm looking forward to next year, but you know, there's some things I want to talk to you about, you know, not CrossFit related. Um, you are a big music buff. You are big into music. Oh boy. So, play one on TV. Play, you know? <laughs> play one on TV. Well, um, you know, we, we, uh, I, I had an episode and I think I talked to you about this at the games a little bit, joking around that I had an episode with Tommy Marquez where we created our own, like, our own festival, like our own music festival. And uh, we had a whole bunch of bands and you pretty much shot holes in all of Tommy's like <laughs> headliners. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's right. Uh, that was fun. That's I, maybe, and I don't know how serious I'd have to go back and, and listen to that again. I don't know how serious I was or how much I was just trying to give Tommy a hard time. Maybe a bit of both. We'll, we'll see. Um, so red hot chili peppers. <laughs> oh yeah. The worst. <laughs> that's, that's where I was going. It, yeah. It, uh, I mean, it's one of those things where I know all their music, but, I think you made a point of saying, but who has any of their albums? <laughs> <laughs> like you know it because it plays on the radio, but like, does it, do people go out and, and actually buy it? <laughs> oh man! And uh, yeah. and uh, and I think one of the other ones was that you picked on was Foo Fighters, and yeah, and, yeah, and okay, Dave Grohl. Yep. So those those were the yep. two. So so what is the what is the top five playlist of of Boz when he is on oh, his man. own? <laughs> I hate that question. Top five. I mean, like top five when today, top five last week, top five last month. I mean, it's always changing. I don't think anybody's I think, yeah, I'll, I'll, here's a statement for you. I don't think anybody who's like legitimately interested in music and um, is exploring things actively with new music that's coming out and then trying to stay on top of old things that they like and appreciate uh, has like a static top five. I don't believe that. I think that's just the sound bite that people create in their mind so that when they're asked the question, they have something to say. Yeah. But, uh, I don't think any real enthusiast is, is going to have like, well, this is it forever and ever. Yeah. Maybe they have one thing that they come back to and they're like, well, John Coltrane's love Supreme is the best album ever full stop period. Okay, cool. <laughs> that's great. But I bet you couldn't go much further than that. You know what I mean? And then like stick to it. Sure. So I, I very much feel that way anyway. So, so then as far as like a playlist then for you, like, is there, is there a go-to like, and, and I have different moods. So like I have a workout yeah. mood where I want to be aggressive. <laughs> I want to be aggressive and angry and I want to rip, you know, rip shit off the floor. And, you know, so mm-hmm. I'm going for a certain mood. And then if I'm doing just like regular training work where I'm you know doing accessory stuff, I'll throw in some, you know, some country Enya. you know not Enya, mm-hmm. not quite not yeah. quite no? Enya. um but come on man uh mind muscle connection Ch- chandler smith put me on to uh turnpike troubadours and okay. i'm yep. just like wow these guys are these guys are awesome so you know i'll like go on is that, on that. Is that a jack white no no that's the recon tours no I don't know, that I yeah the yeah the recon tours i think they're yeah. yeah no turnpike troubadours they're kind of a 
They're like a country folk. Shows what I know country, like, about music. Like a country folk <laughs> band. They're, but I love their style. Oh, cool. So okay, I'll check them. If out. you're going, if you're going into, you know, let, you know, let's we'll say workout or or something that you just you know you need to get yourself in a certain headspace. What are what's your kind of is there a go to or is there like a type of playlist? Um, I mean, I too have many musical moods. Um, I got a bunch of different playlists on on Spotify. Um, you know, I I <clears throat> I um went to school to study music when I was a much younger man. It feels like another lifetime ago now. <laughs> um, and I was lucky enough to be exposed to a lot of really cool things at that time. And uh, you know, so I have a lot of varied musical interests. And I would say seventy five percent of them are probably not really great for for working out. So. Uh, when it comes to working out, like, I don't know, I'm a rocker at heart. Um, so like, I like, uh, I like kind of that end of things. Um, uh, like recently they called the wine lips that I've been just, I love their latest album. So that's been a go-to on heavy repeat anytime I'm working out lately. Um, yeah, I, that kind of like freak rock, uh, right now is kind of my, kind of my jam. Okay, and who are yeah. some people? Who are some people kind of in that in that area? Because I'm always looking for new music, oh, uh, so, like, so I'm definitely uh, looking up the Wine Lips and and like yeah, Ty, Ty Seagull. Um, he was like a big player, still is, I guess, in like that California kind of psych revival. Okay, um, John Dwyer, anything that he's a part of, like the OCs, uh, are just phenomenal. They actually just put out a new album that's great, in my opinion. It's kind of like B52s meets Motorhead, which I love. So. The OCs, yeah, not to be confused with the OC Supertones. No. <laughs> Completely different. <laughs> yeah. No, definitely not. Um, who else would be kind of in that scene? I'm trying to think. And this is the problem, right? Like, I always, we start talking music and I just start drawing blanks. I'm like, oh, yeah, whoops. <laughs> but <laughs> but that's a great place to start, I would say. Like, Ty Siegel, um, uh, John Dwyer and the OCs, um, Wine Lips currently. Those are great places to start. Nice. There's a really cool French band called Slift that's like sort of in that kind of orbit um, that I like a lot too. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'm like, I listen to all genres, like pretty much everything. So, like, I love music that goes with certain things, you know? Okay. So, like, yeah. I, lo I like movies that actually have really good music soundtracks um, yeah, sure. as well. That just, it just kind of adds to it. Like the new, um, new Spider Man. I went and saw that um, in the original uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, the, the animated one, um, has just a, a really good soundtrack that I love to like, throw in at the gym. And you know, it's kind of that hip-hop and just like a, a, a fun vibe. Yeah. So I'm literally all over the place. I mean, as you can see, I've got like music back behind me. This side, this side over here. Um, oh yeah, awesome. Okay. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. Um, so that's an original Chicago record that actually. Oh, nice. I got from I got from like a yard sale. Oh, and amazing! I, and there's actually, you know, mm. back in the day when you'd get the screen prints or the iron-on prints, there's actually the iron-on print of that album still in the sleeve. Very cool. To iron onto a shirt, I was like, that's cool. Yeah. And but my wife is from Rockford, Illinois, you know, Chicago area. And then I'm from, or my family's from the Boston area. So that's actually a Massachusetts, but it's a Boston record, you know, shaped as very cool, man. Massachusetts. So <laughs> I like music kind of infuses everything, everything that we do. Yeah. Um, what, so you went to school for music. What do you play instruments or not anymore? I can't even <laughs> pretend like there was a time where I kind of hung on to that for a minute, but no, I mean, I, um, I, 
Yeah, there was a time in my life that I thought I was going to be a symphony player. Um, that was kind of the, the pursuit. Uh, and again, I mean, we're talking, this is ancient history, like more than 20 years ago now. So, um, yeah, then I, like I played bass guitar for quite a while. I played in a couple of bands, um, doing that when I was, when I was young, um, played drums for a little bit, uh, kind of just, I was self-taught for a while and then I started taking lessons and, and had a kit and then, uh, hadn't played in, in some time and then we moved here and my drums were just hanging out in my garage and i'm like you know it, it'd be great to set them up but who am i kidding i don't think i have the time to pursue this as a as a hobby anymore time or interest really you know um and my my friend he has a 13 year old son who's just like really diving into music heavy and he plays everything right like he plays the viola he plays piano he plays i think saxophone he sings in the choir like he's all oh, wow. in you know so yeah. it's like dude i think these drums are better suited to give to you to give to your son uh then they are taking up space in my garage so nice so you were going to school for symphony yeah you said yep. so so <laughs> like what yeah, explain that like what what were you what were you doing with, with uh, yeah i played symphony? trombone uh okay. wanted to play in symphony um you know studied that kind of uh, orchestral music uh yeah that that was my jam i went to uh, a small school in western canada that had um a, a you know, a decent music program and, and a really well-renowned jazz program. Um, so I, I took a lot of jazz electives during that process. Um, yeah, well, that was it. I mean, it was, like I said, it was, this is an ancient history long time ago. So, uh, my life obviously took a very different, uh, turn. And I think I what I took away, yeah. yeah, what I took away from that is, you know, like not everybody is going to have the, time, desire, interest, aptitude to pursue music full time as a career. And then that's okay. You know, like, I think that's true for so many things. And I think there is this kind of pervasive myth that like, well, if you just nose to the grindstone, you can do anything. It's like, yeah, it's sort of, and like, that's a nice message. And, and I, I'm not saying in any sort of cynical way that people shouldn't pursue their, their dreams, but there's also a reality. Like sometimes, yeah, the pieces don't fit and it's not the best thing for you to be doing. And, and you have to come to terms with that. I think everybody in their life at some point has to come to terms with that on some level, right? Like you have a relationship where you're like, man, this would be great if it was working out, but it's just not. Yeah. And I have to come to terms with that at some point. Um, and that was me with, you know, pursuing music as a, as a full-time career and, and, uh, you know, kind of life direction. Well, I, th um, and I, I feel that's very interesting that you go from, you know, music, which is kind of, can be a keyhole type career. Like the, the eye of the needle is so thin, you know, so small to like really make, big success sure. to the same kind of thing with CrossFit, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, because I mean, when we're talking about the top 40, I mean, that's only that's yeah. 40 in the world that the eye of that needle is, is so small to just thread it. And you've got these athletes who are amazing that do it every single year. Um, you've got your 10 year people, but then you have your people that, man, they do it once and that's it. They, they never make it back or, you know, or they can't get back to that level or they can't keep up. Um, you know, with the evolution of the sport. Um, so I think it, it's an interesting, you know, coincidence that you go from, I, from one, uh, one thing to another that it's, you know, I kind don't of know. I guess I'll push back on that and say that like, I think a hierarchy exists in almost anything that you look at, right? Like whether that's collecting stamps or, you know, becoming a CEO of a fortune 500, you know, like there, there's always going to be, um, you know, some degree of hierarchy. I think that's just the way human beings organize themselves. And, um, 
I, I don't know that it's fair to say that one niche interest is comparable to another just because there happens to be like a, a very high um, peak. Like, sure, that's true all over the place. But look at the base. I mean, look at CrossFit as a base. I think it's a great example where there are plenty of people that are just killing it in their town. They're doing an awesome job with their community. And the, the people in close proximity to them, they don't have a big presence either, you know, on social media or Internet or whatever. Uh, but they're just killing it in, in their own way. Um, and they're probably never going to be noticed by people outside of that direct sphere. And that's totally fine. Yeah. Um, I, I think that that can't be discounted just because there's like this really, really steep peak. And, you know, to be honest, I think music is the same way. Like, like had I it, or would I choose to do currently just like noodle around, get together in a garage and play, play some tunes with some friends? Like, could I absolutely do that now? Yes. And it's a conscious choice that I'm like, yeah, it's, it's just not where I want to put my time and my, my effort right now. Um, and, and again, to extend the analogy, I think like we truly live in a golden age. Uh, kind of bringing it back to music um, and it all forms of expression, really. I mean, you think like, man, there's so many cheap cynics out there that talk about, oh, there's no new music. There's no good music. I'm like, dude, you're just lazy. Yeah. Because there is more cool stuff happening now from more people doing all sorts of things that just either A, weren't possible previously or uh, B, there was no potential to hear about it because they couldn't get it out. They, they couldn't get a record deal. They couldn't get, you know, exposure whereas now it's like dude i got this thing in my pocket that gives me instant exposure all the way around the world basically for free yeah um and you're trying to tell me that like that doesn't breed an ecosystem that's like rich and diverse you're, you're out of your mind well one of my favorite things to do is take spotify throw it on you know take a one band and then throw it on radio mode and just see what happens um, and I've found so many bands based, you know, just off of that, where it's like, oh, well, this kind of sounds like, you know, this band, one of my, one of my favorite bands. Um, and I don't know why I've just clicked with them, but my chemical romance. Okay. Know, yeah. You, I don't know if you want to smash holes in them or not, but <laughs> now, man, I don't know you well enough yet. You know what I mean? I gotta, I, I've known Tommy a long time. I can, I can take pot shots at him. No, you can do it. You can do it. It's okay. Um, I, I tell people all the time, I'm like, I'm not like your stereotypical my chemical romance fan like i like their music and style and and brand yeah. and things like that but i'll throw that in you know in like the okay sounds like and then get to like hear all these other little bands that i'd never heard before yep. that just pop up from it and i've i've found so many other albums and yeah, and sure you know songs just because of that um same thing with like um one of my favorite country artists is chris stapleton mm -hmm. um just a phenomenal talent and I go through and listen to kind of a playlist of his, and it's just like, wow, okay, found that. Okay, I'm yep. gonna put a put a little star next to that one, and, and yep. go back and listen to it. And it's just this this endless, you know, foray into music of just listening to all sorts of things that just just make you happy. Like that's and yeah, that's and that's me. Sure. Like the music is just, you know, whether it's angry music or sad music or whatever, it makes me happy. <laughs> yep. It just no, it I, just, I hear it you. Fills you up. So yeah, absolutely. I love it. Yep. Um, so what are some things outside of, outside of CrossFit that you, that you're into that you, you're out there in Colorado, correct? No, I live no. in Nashville. You live in Nashville. Mm -hmm. ah, I yeah. Know that. Okay. Yeah. We, we moved here a couple of years ago. Okay. So like, what kind of things do you do on your, on your, what I'll call downtime? Um, oh boy. I'm sure there's not much of it, but, um, you know, it's funny. I, I kind of <laughs> oscillate between, uh, I don't even know what I oscillate between, but I, it, it's weird. Like. I'd like to think that I am a person who's got varied interests and, you know, 
kind of pursues them. And but uh, at the end of the day, it's like the last couple of seasons, I really haven't like it's been work and uh, focus on the season. And, uh, you know, obviously there's been a lot of changes in CrossFit world and that's demanded a lot of attention. So like, I don't really have a lot of outside things going on at this point. Um, and, and I'm not uh, trying to be like self-deprecating about that. It's just kind of the reality. So I, I am trying to kind of get back to uh, doing things for me um, outside either. Like I'm, I'm so lucky in the sense that like my job is amazing and I feel very fortunate that I've been able to make a career out of um, CrossFit, which I didn't expect at all. Uh, obviously, you know, uh, going from studying music to, to, to doing this forever. I never thought I'd have a career in anything. And, and here we are, you know, like I started working for CrossFit in 2007. Um, so pretty phenomenal ride. And I feel very, very fortunate for all that. So I'm not trying to say that within this, my, um, my job isn't stimulating or great or, or what I want to be doing. It's, it's all of those things. Uh, but it's also very time intensive and hasn't left a lot of room for, for a lot else over the last few years. Uh, but uh, like, you know, trying to do the jujitsu a little more. Okay. Um, hacking away at that. And that's a lot of fun. Um, you know, do that a couple times a week. Uh, it's, it's fun. I don't have any expectation with it. Um, so that's a blast. Uh, you know, I have like um, some projects that I'm trying to get worked out on. Uh, like I have a little piece of land. Um, I'm not super public about a lot of these kind of life things, but yeah. it's uh, takes a lot of work. I, I spend a lot of time out there kind of chopping trees and clearing out fields and you know stuff like that so <laughs> that's that's demanding a lot of my time lately which is fun because man it's just you and the uh, ever-growing tennessee nature when you're out there which is pretty intense like it uh stuff grows so fast out here it's crazy oh yeah well it, it was one of the the one takeaway i had from the the whole quarantine thing is that i had so much time to focus on things at the house and like you know on our on our property and things like that so i was able to actually like I, I've never like really been a carpenter or done like, you know, a lot of hands-on stuff, but I just decided the back deck looks like it's rotting. So I'm going to go ahead and replace it. Yeah, And right we're not talking like a small, stuff like that. <laughs> we're not talking a small job. This took no, probably, dive in. Yeah. yeah, it was like two or three weeks and it was like a multi-leveled, um, deck off the back, you know, around the pool area with a, like a fire pit. Um, so I didn't go for anything easy. Um, yeah, awesome. But YouTube videos are my friend. I you know, <laughs> checked out framing, grabbed some levels and some saws, and you know went to town on it. And it actually turned How'd it out go? turned out great. Yeah, right. It on. Turned out phenomenal. Um, yeah. And then nice. once we stained and painted it, I looked. I put in a, a bar rail as well, so that you could you know have friends over and set up bar Love stools. It. I'm like, this is this. I would do this. I would do this if I had time to do other things so yeah uh, i love that and like at heart that's very much that speaks to me like i'm a i'm a diyer i think that's honestly part of the reason that they've kept me around at crossfit is like i do kind of consider myself to be a bit of a swiss army knife i've worn a lot of hats over the years with crossfit and uh i love exactly what you just said like a project like that we're like well i don't really know what i'm doing but i'm confident enough that i can teach myself how to do it and uh, we're going to go. So let's yeah. just do this. Yeah. Yeah. Made a couple, made a couple little mistakes here and there. Yep. Um, had a friend of mine make fun of me. That's because part of, of it too, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I had a, a friend of mine make fun of me because it wasn't, um, uh, he, I didn't do a herringbone pattern. 
Okay. He's like, he's like, where the where's the herringbone? Where's the herringbone? I'm like, whatever, because it just did you know straight slat panels. The correct question is like, where were you when we were putting that in? Well, I actually put a corner in, mm-hmm. and made the two corners. Um, it was kind of like a arched corner, and I made that corner herringbone. <laughs> Sent him a picture. I was like, ha ha. There you go. I figured it out. Here's your herringbone. Yeah. Yep. Um. So, you know. So, but a lot of that stuff was just like, hey, trial and error, figuring things out. I lo- I love that kind of stuff. You yeah. Know, pro- projects and and things where okay, I have no idea what I'm doing, but I've got YouTube and you know some time. So we'll 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 go nuts with it. Yeah, and well, it's funny when you get into things like that because most of the time. In the beginning, I think it's easy to convince yourself, like, what if it goes wrong? And you're like, well, actually, as the projects play out, there's so much time that any mistake is like such a slow motion thing. It's not that hard to correct, you know? Yeah. <laughs> or it's not that big of a deal in the long run, anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. I had to cut a couple boards a couple extra times, just you know, move move some things yeah. around. But yeah, I love that type of that type of project. I've also done some stuff on cars and things like that. In no way, shape, or form, don't call me for any car help (laughs) but but if i need to you know change out you know change out some some things in the engine you know spark plugs you know oil change things like that i've you know done enough you know tinkering around where i can figure things out and it feels good you know i don't have to wait for somebody to come change my tire i can do it myself you know or change my oil you know or 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 fix this or, or put this back together so i think when you when you get that adaptability um, and that's with everything. Um, that's with sport. That's with you know just life in general. When you have a certain adaptability to yourself, you don't feel like you're ever in a situation that you can't handle. And yeah, hopefully, I, mean, right? I think that's the goal. Yeah, yeah. It's, and and I think that also you know of course plays into CrossFit as well with you know with mm-hmm. the methodology of like hey we practice for everything so we can do anything. Um, you know for the most part you know within within reach. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> um. You are also, you know, you still ride the bike? Are you still on motorcycles? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I've got the there. Nice. Yep. Um, yeah, try to ride. Like, you know, I, I, uh, there is, boy, again, ancient history now, but I, uh, this would be 20 years riding motorcycles for me. I got my first motorcycle in 2003. Um, and for many years, I didn't own a car. You know, there was a there was a period of my life where I could say that I'd put more miles on a motorcycle than I had in a in a four door car, in the cage, brother. Yeah. You know, <laughs> but uh, that's obviously no longer yeah. true. I I don't think that's close by by a mile now. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I, I'm always going to have um, a motorcycle and and use it as just a primary mode of transport whenever I can, and that's true today. You know what I mean? Like, if I have the option between oh, I got to go drive somewhere or I can ride. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to ride. Like, why wouldn't I? Um, it's just a way more fun experience. Um, as far as yeah. like major trips, I haven't done any major trips since I moved here. Uh, when we did move here, though, I did ride um, from uh, Oakland to Nashville, which was a lot of fun. That was a really cool, oh, wow. cool experience. Yeah. And I kind of broke it up in legs and had, you know, like uh, a couple of friends from California came with me as far as the Grand Canyon they turned around then I had a solo stretch to Dallas and then some friends met me in Dallas and, you know, kind of came the last few legs. So it was, it was cool to kind of chunk it out that way. Yeah. Um, and I love that kind of long distance riding. Like I could do that forever. You know, that was actually one of the things I wanted to do this year, uh, but it's just not going to pan out. I was like, Oh, 20 years riding. I should do like a San Francisco to, um, to New York kind of ride. 
but it's just not in the cards this year. So I'm, I'm trying to scheme how I can pull that off in the next year or so. Gotcha. Well, I mean, you got to travel around to different sites. So, you know, just <laughs> right. You're like, yeah. I'll be there. I'll be there. Just, yeah. just tell me. Where, take me, know, take I'll, me a couple of days, but I'll, yeah, I'll get take, there. I'll get there. Um, it's a work trip, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Maybe they'll pay for my gas. Be... <laughs> there, there you go. Um, that's, that's awesome. That, that, that's fun. It's something that I'm, that I want to do. Um, but with four kids, my wife is like, uh, yeah, you know. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'll also say like, I, you know, I, I talked to a lot of people that are like, oh, I wish I could ride, but you know, dangerous this and that. And I'm like, yeah, it is dangerous. There's no question about that. And you know, of course the follow-up to that is like, well, it's not you, it's the other drivers. And you're like, yeah, absolutely. People yeah, are oh, yeah. kill you. So you got to act accordingly. Yeah. Um, but also like, you know, I am not a hot dogger on a motorcycle. I never have been. Don't care. You know, like I've ridden yeah. with plenty of people. I don't have to prove anything at this point. Um, and you know, sometimes you get in a group and people want to, you know, show you, show you how good a rider they are, or wh- you know, what they can do or whatever. I'm like, yeah, go great. <laughs> like I don't, I don't, could not care less. Yeah. <laughs> I am very quiet in that part of my mind that needs to take that kind of risk. Be like I've been um, doing this 20 years and haven't died. So yeah, exactly. I think I'm pretty good. <laughs> yeah. And it's not like, you know, I, I, I would say I'm just very comfortable with my riding ability. Like I know where I can push and where I'm going to be, uh, fine. And, and what's over my line. Um, and I, I just don't, feel the need to push that so yeah yeah and i drive for work so i see all types and i know exactly what you're talking about it's like you have to worry about everybody else yeah. um well and, and there's I, lots of riders that are just total like they're just ridiculous in their approach oh yeah um, i'll say that as much too you know like there's plenty of people out there on bikes that are doing things that you're like dude come on now you're yeah you are a traveling organ donor <laughs> at this point you know like you you, you can see it yeah yeah the guys that take off and you know yeah. and full wheelie from the from the red light I'm like come on guys let's you know yeah you look cool until somebody pulls out in front of you and then you mm. can't do anything about it so um so a couple more minutes left but i wanted to i want to throw it in your court back to the music genre if you yeah. were to put together <laughs> a band like right now like, that i'm playing like, in or no like what are we all, talking about here like an all-star band you Ugh. you get you get to pick you get to pick some of your favorite people um in the space <laughs> what type of band are you putting together and kind of piece that together oh like right now today something that i want to okay I need more information. This is a okay. band that I want to show up and listen to, or this is a yes. band that I want to sit in with, or like, what are we talking here? I mean, it can be both, but I would say okay. one that you want to, that you would want to go see that you're like, Oh my gosh, these people are together and they're playing. I'm definitely going and watching that. I mean, I, that's such a hard question. Cause I'm like, I don't even know where to start. Like what, what genre are we looking at? Uh, I'm scrambling. I'm trying to cover for my, uh, my blanking out here. Um, yeah. Cause like I, have I also people, feel I, like it's difficult because I'm like, though that already exists. Like most of the bands that I'm like, oh man, I would love to see. Oh, they do play together. Yeah. And that's why they're awesome. Um, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm drawing a blank. No, I, got, I got nothing. So then I'll put it this way. Is there a band that you have not seen or would like to see living, living or dead, you know, like current or, or past that you would have liked to see or would like to see? Yeah, I mean, I could give the cliche answer. Uh, like I was talking to David Hippensteel uh, about a year ago, and he just got, like casually kind of slipped it out there that 
he saw Hendrix when he was like a kid and was like, what? Like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> cool. You know, like that, yeah. that happened. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that, that would be amazing, obviously, uh, to go back and see some of those like early um, acts like that, that, that just had such a crazy influence on the culture. Um, people I would love to see, but haven't, uh, there's this Japanese band called Boris. Um, they're actually coming through town soon. So I'm hoping I'll be able to get a chance to see them. Love to see them. Um, <clears throat> let me think who else, um, live or oh, dead. Like, uh, definitely if I could go to any one place at any time, and be transported into like that person at their time in their place, like just killing it. Mm -hmm. It would be uh, Fela Kuti at his Calcutta club in like the late sixties. I think that would be just a singular experience. Um, I'm, gonna have to, I'm gonna have to look that up. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> like, that to oh, me man. is like, like ultimate. I think, I think if you could, yeah. Okay. I'm going to go with that. I'm going to land the, I'm going to put my stamp on that. Like living or dead, who would I want to see? This is dead. This is a long time ago in like another continent, um, a very different place. Uh, that that would where would be where I'd want to go. Yeah. Okay, and what genre? Like, what is what what is the Af genre? Afro funk. Afro funk. Okay. Yeah, he kind of like I don't, wouldn't. I mean, maybe it's not fair to say he invented the genre, but like he's big driver of it. Sure. Yeah, and he's like he was a he was a pretty uh, controversial figure in a lot of ways. You know, like he I think he declared sovereignty on his own little compound from the Nigerian government. He's like, we are, we're, we are our own country and uh, didn't work out so great for him, but um, you know, that's the kind of guy he was. Nice. Yeah. yeah and, and I love like kind of going down genres and rabbit holes with like different, you know, different types of, of musicians and things like that. So like mm -hmm. if I'm, you know, building bands, some of the people that I've seen aren't even people that are part of like real bands. Um, you know, obviously you'd be, you know, easy to say, Oh yeah, Travis, Travis Barker, somebody like that for, for like a drummer and then, you know, piece together, you know, different people. Yeah. But, um, I, but yeah, man, a lot of times that doesn't work though. I mean, how many yeah. super bands are actually worth anything other Very than like, sure. name recognition, you know, like more often than not, it comes off as a, as a flop. Yeah. Um, so I, and I got to get to more festivals and music and things like that too. So no, dude, you, you have four kids. Come on. I know. You, I know. you have the power of the internet at your fingertips. Don't worry about it. Festivals yeah. are overrated. Well, <laughs> well, we put shows, we put shows and like, we'll put music, like the, our kids love music and they're, they're kind of getting to that age where they're starting to like enjoy oh, music, fun. but yeah. they're also in that age where I'm like, hey, your music is crap. <laughs> <laughs> well, they think the same thing. So <laughs> yeah, then they, they, sure. listen, they listen to ours and they're like, what are you listening to? I'm like, this is the best. Um, you know, but I've introduced all of them to rock um you know my my boys are always like turn on rock music so i'll put on you know awesome. one of the you know one of the stations and they'll just sit in the back and just bang their head and you know put their hands up and stuff like that and just you know you gotta gotta teach them teach them in the way um because i i don't remember that from my parents like my parents mm. i grew up i grew up in a very um very religious um okay yeah upbringing where you know rock rock and roll was the devil and you know my older brother who's he's six and a half years older than me he would hide you know cassette tapes in his jacket because we live in florida and nobody uses jackets so he'd hide the cassette tapes in his jacket pockets you know to go back and listen to i think he bought amazing you know, i think he bought def leopard hysteria probably 
seven or eight times because every time my parents would find confiscate it, they'd, confiscate it, they'd confiscate it, break it, throw it away. So he, he'd go in my, right there. <laughs> but Def Leppard is like one of my earliest memories of, you know, that hysteria album yeah. Yeah. was one of my earliest memories of music because my brother listened to it. So if I was ever, you know, going somewhere with him, he'd have Def Leppard, Poison, oh, cool. you know, uh, Poison, uh, Great White, like all those, all those eighties, you know, eighties and nineties hair band. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's kind of what I grew up on, you know? So I didn't that's have cool. like parents teaching me music. So mm, it's been cool yeah. kind of being able to show my kids, Hey, this music is cool. Listen to this. And you know, and they're starting to like some of yeah. those as well. So uh, that's super cool. Yeah. I had uh, like my dad, it was always, he's definitely like a rocker at heart also, you know, like his favorite singer of all time was Joe Cocker. And, <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, he's he's English as well, so there's a bit of a you know connection there as well. And uh, anyway, um, yeah, I, I had a lot of memories like driving to school in elementary school and things like that, and it'd always be you know blues or Joe Cocker or uh, like Dire Straits on the radio, stuff like that. Um, oh yeah. So that is cool that you, you're gonna have that connection with your kids. I think I think that's that's great. Yeah. So it's a lot of fun, but. Well, man, boss, thank you so much for, for doing this and, and coming on the show and kind of, you know, coming up with me. Yeah. I'm looking forward to, you know, wherever we may land next year. And, yeah, me uh, too. It, um, it, and I'll kind of end with this and you may be able, may have to tell me no comment and all that sort of stuff, any, <laughs> okay, which, which I totally get. Um, but like uh, semifinals also is kind of a big question mark that nobody's, I don't think I've heard anybody talking about, um, you know, do, you know, yeah, what's what's the deal with with, with Yeah, we'll 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 be announced. I'll say this, you know, we are yeah. trying to keep consistency uh from year to year as best we can uh while still, you know, operating in a way that we think is going to be the uh the best final product. Um so oh man, I I guess no comment, but uh sure. but I think people can expect um like the season is going to be familiar. Awesome. Yeah. Which is which is great to hear. That's you know I love stability. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Uh, unknown and unknoble <laughs> is great. Uh, unknown and unknowable is great for training. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but for other things, you know, be pretty turbulent sometimes. Yep. Yeah. So well, awesome, man. Thank you so much for doing this. And uh, man, I'm looking forward to you know the next the next few weeks and months to see what kind of happens, and then of course going into the next season. Yeah, right on, man. Well, I appreciate you, and um, thanks for having me. I, I'm glad that we got a chance to connect a little bit, uh, both at the games and uh, and now. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much. Anytime. You've been listening to the Wex Appeal Podcast. Get connected by heading to Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok at Wex Appeal Podcast for more bonus buffoonery and to get the full Wex experience. Plus, make sure to subscribe on your podcast app today. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time for more barbells, beats, and buffoonery.